0: You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this New Year's message for 2019, Pastor Joe Sulik reminds us that God is always working out our future for our good, and to look at our present reality with an eternal perspective. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. This is our first service for the first Saturday of the year 2019. And I think it's still fitting to say Happy New Year to everyone. What do we really mean when we say Happy New Year? I've probably said it more than 50 times the past few days. It's a normal greeting You say Happy New Year. Many of us look at New Year as an opportunity for a new beginning, right? A lot of people become more serious in life during the first few weeks of the year. We take stock and plan courses of action in our lives to make it a lot better, I guess. People say... New Year resolutions, I'll try to lose weight or probably do more exercise or eat healthier and other stuff that they think and believe will make their life a lot better. The New Year also gives us some sort of opportunity to leave the past behind and start over. And the good news is God is more interested in your future than in your past. The Bible says, Forget about what has happened before. Do not think about the past. Instead, look at the new things I'm going to do. Look at what God is saying in this verse. God is saying, forget about everything that happened in the past. It doesn't matter anymore. And God is more interested in your future because that is where you are going to spend your eternity. It is important to look at our present reality in the light of an eternal perspective. What I'm trying to say is we have to begin this year with the ending in mind. What do I mean with this? Well, life as we know it, the Bible says, is like a race. And our perspective is eternal reality. The destination, the end, the ending of our race is that eternal reality? Now, the question is, in the light of eternity, how does what I do, how does what you do in this life matter? John Piper wrote a book in 1988 called Don't Waste, uh, earlier, uh, later than that, called Don't Waste Your Life. And it recalls a story of a couple who retired in 1988 it was featured in the Reader's Digest magazine. The guy was 59 years old, and his wife was 51 years old. It's an ideal time to retire, would you say, right? So, they now live in Florida. And according to John Piper in the book, they cruise on their 30-foot trawler, play softball, and collect shells. What a life. They're living the American dream. The tragedy is this American dream. In reality, come to the end of your life, your one and only God-given precious life. And the last great work that you would present when you face the Creator is, you know, the last thing that you would give account to is that, you know, I have a big boat, I play softball, and I'm collecting shells. Picture this couple standing before the Creator on Judgment Day. And what will they say to God? See, Lord, my shells. I don't want us to come to the Lord and not be able to say anything else, but Lord, see my boat. Lord, see my house. See how I've grown my business. See how much money I have in the bank. See how many degrees I've finished. Don't get me wrong. The joy that we experience from the, God, the blessings that God gives us is not meaningless. It is worth something. It matters. If you give your child, if you've given your child a toy last Christmas, chances are, there's a decent chance that your child will play with that toy for a few days. And after that, she'll get bored and, you know, move on to another toy. Even if the child plays for that toy, even for a few hours, the joy... That those few hours have given that child is priceless. And they enjoy the gift. And you as the giver, you are pleased. It's not the most important thing in their life. The joy it gives is temporary, but it's not meaningless. It still matters. And the same is true with our life. Some of the things that we do, they're not really that important. They're temporary. They're fleeting. They're not the most important thing, but it doesn't mean that they don't matter. What we have to remember is everything that we do, when done and enjoyed to the glory of God, becomes meaningful. It becomes purposeful. Going back to the question at the end of the day is this, how have you spent your 2018 I challenge you today to look into your hearts and examine, be honest, this is between you and God, where God stood in your life last year and where God stands in your life today. You see, more than anything else, God loves you and God wants to have a relationship with you. If we take stock of our relationship with God last year, what would our inventory look like? How much time have we really spent meditating on God's Word? How much time have we spent praying? How much time have we spent talking to God? We've probably missed the mark. Most of us have spent time doing something else. But God still loves us even if we don't love Him. Even if we are inclined to be indifferent to Him in most areas of our life, God still loves us even if we haven't loved Him. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but because He had loved us. The reason why we are able to love others, the reason why we are able to love God, is because God loved us first. The Bible says that God is at work in everyone's life. This year, God wants you to earnestly pursue Him. God wants you to seek for Him with all your heart so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for Him and find Him, though He is not far from each one of us. Our times are dictated by the things we desire. Think about the things that you've done, the time you've spent doing those things. And the world defines us by the relationships we build around our lives. What's your most important relationship? Do you know that the most important relationship that you can have in your life is your relationship with Jesus? More than anything else, your relationship with Jesus the only relationship that genuinely defines who we are is our relationship with God. So you have to make sure that your relationship that defines you best is the one that you have with God, not your relationship with your wife, not with your parents, your children. The relationship that should define you best is the relationship that you have with God. If God is genuinely a part of your life, then He's also part of your marriage. He's also part of your friendships. He's also part of the people you meet every day at work, even strangers that you meet. If you have a genuine relationship with God, then your life will be a reflection of compassion. Your life will be a reflection of kindness. Your life will be a reflection of love towards others that will reflect the glory of God in your life. My prayer for each and every one of us here today is that we will always be reminded that whatever we do, whether you eat or you drink, we have to do it for the glory of God. The reason you don't find purpose in your life is because you are doing things for yourself. Everything starts to have meaning when you start doing things for the glory of God. But when you start enjoying God's blessings to His glory, then those blessings become purposeful. Do it all for the glory of God. Every blessing that we take delight in becomes meaningful when we enjoy them to the glory of God. Always remember that. This should be the driving force in our lives, this 2019. That everything I say, everything I do, will always be for the glory of God. What does it mean to live for God's glory? It's simple. It simply means that God should be at the center of your life and not the other way around. This is how our life works. We are at the center and everything that we want and everything that we need revolves around us, including Jesus. And we only have time for God when there's time for Him. Otherwise, we're busy with everything else. I tell you this, when your life revolves around Jesus, there are many things in your life that you thought were important that would lose their luster. I experienced that for myself. There will be many things that are not, will not be as important anymore as you thought they were. The way you look at things will start to change. The way you look at money, the way you look at possessions, the way you look at your career and climbing the corporate ladder, that will all change. Our priority changes from less of us to more of God in our lives. Remember, remember this. Whatever you put first in your life will dictate your actions, the decisions that you make, and it will shape your future. Whatever comes first in your life will dictate everything that happens in your day-to-day life. My prayer is that we will never compromise the place of God in our lives. And I'm glad to see all of you here today. If you decide to make your relationship with God first, I tell you, everything else will naturally fall into place. You don't even have to work hard for that house. You don't even have to work hard for that new job. If you put God first in everything that you decide and everything that you do, everything will fall into its right place in God's perfect time. If you seek God's kingdom first, everything will be added unto it. Not according to what you want, but according to God's will. When you put God first, remember this. It may seem detrimental to what you're doing or what your plans are, but if you put God first, you will never be last. If you put God first, you will never be last. Your relationships will become stronger if you put God first and then your partner second. It's not the other way around. When you put God first in your heart, He will give you peace, regardless of what situation you're facing if there's someone sick in the family, if you're going through financial hardships, if you think that your career is going down the drain, whatever it is that you're going through, if you put God in your heart first, it doesn't mean that everything will be perfect, but God will promise His peace that transcends all kind of understanding that will help you go through whatever challenges and difficulties you're going through in your life. When your relationship with God is your first priority, he takes care of everything else. The problem is we worry so much about the needs that we have to accomplish, the things that we have to do that we set God aside because we feel that we need to do this so I can fix this, so I can make things right, I can build a better future for my wife and my kids and my family. That's all right. But the thing is we forget to put God into the equation. We have to put God, put God first and God would add everything else into it. When you put God first, it means less of your me time and more of your time with Him. How many of us wake up in the morning and spend the first few minutes of the day browsing our phones? I, I, I heard about a person who doesn't, uh, intentionally doesn't charge his phone beside his bed so that when he wakes up, He doesn't have the tendency to grab his phone and look at his emails or Facebook or messages or whatever. He intentionally charges it in the other room. So when he wakes up, he has nothing to think about but God, right? When you wake up in the morning, there's a lot of things going on in your mind. I have to do this. I have to do the laundry. There's so much deadline of work that I have to finish. Things like that, they distract you from the time that you spend with God when you wake up in the morning. Give God the first part of your day. Give God the priority in every decision that you make. You see, when you make a decision, we base our decisions on given information. If you decide to buy a house, invest in a property, or probably take a new course and move to a new place, you always think of the facts. And try to put them together and see if I do this, will my life become better? If I don't do this, will I suffer? So we try to weigh the cons and pros of our decision. And there's nothing wrong with that. We plan for it. But what we miss out is that when we make decisions, we do not put God in that process of making that decision. God should be the first priority in every decision that we make. When you put up a cafe, we, we set up two things. First is the goal. Second is the purpose. We said the goal is to make a business out of it. The goal is to provide employment for people. The goal is to get decent return of investment and, you know, make a profit out of it. But the goal is different from the purpose. The purpose of the business is to glorify God. And anything that you do in the business that doesn't glorify God has no place in the business. Whether it's about taxes, whether it's about paying right compensation to employees or complying with government regulations, it doesn't really matter. If it doesn't glorify God, then that doesn't have any place in your business. What I'm trying to say is that God should be the first priority in every decision that you will make in your life. Whether it's a personal decision, it's a career decision, or a financial decision. And God should be first in your heart. The heart is very deceitful. We have a lot of desires. Every morning, we are driven by this desire to achieve something, to make something out of our life to get better grades or get a higher-paying job or earn more money so I can buy that house. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, God wants you to enjoy the blessings to His glory. But the thing is, if you don't put God first in your heart, then that becomes your obsession, that becomes your idol, and God is set aside. It's a simple message that I just want to focus on today. Put God first. I know 2019 is going to be A blessed year for all of us. And I know that you have made plans already. You're thinking about how to strategize your life, your business, your career, your family, the decisions that you will make in, in in your geographical moves. I know that you are planning that already. The Bible says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will succeed. It's telling us that before we do anything, Lord, I'm committing this to you. This is what I want but not what my will, but your will be done. There's nothing wrong in dreaming. There's nothing wrong in wishing health for your family, for your children to become better, but always at the will of God. I just want to end with this slide. You probably have a list of things to do this year. You probably have plans acquiring or getting something this year, probably getting into a new relationship, buying a new house, planning for that better car for the family, anything. But every time you make a list, there's always one that comes first, regardless of how you write it. Whether you write it in a circle, in a square, in a triangle, there's always one thing that you will write first. And my challenge to you today is where will you put God in your life this 2019? No compromises. You can't reason to God, Lord, this is more important. I'll probably serve you when I become less busy with work. Lord, I'll probably start coming to church when I get my schedule sorted out. Lord, I'd probably start praying when all my problems are gone. There is no compromise. And this decision is something that I cannot make for you. This is a decision that you have to make for yourself. And it is a decision that will affect your eternity. Let's begin this year with the ending in mind. Looking at everything that we do in this present reality with an eternal perspective. If you see the timeline of our life, where we are right now is just a tiny speck in an eternal future. Everything is passing. People you love will die. We will all be gone. Most of the people in this room will not be here 50 years from now. You will just be a Facebook memory, a picture hanging on a wall. What really matters is what happens after this life. And if you have not made a decision to follow Jesus, then none of the decisions that you ever made will matter in the end. Let's all stand and continue to worship God. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity for all the families who are together this season. Lord, we thank you for blessing us with a chance to be with loved ones. And those who have visited us here in Canberra with their families, we pray that God will uh, grant you a safe travel back to the Philippines. Wherever your destination may be, God will be with you. Lord, we thank you for 2018. Everything that happened this year, Lord, happened for a purpose. It's always for your glory. It's always for us to persevere more so that our characters will be molded to be more like Jesus, that we we'll learned, learned to be more loving and compassionate towards others. Lord, thank you for always reminding us that in everything that we do, we have to put you first. You should be first on our list this year, Lord. Lord, help us not to be distracted by the things of the world. Let our hearts and minds be focused on you and you alone. And as we thread on to 2019, may we not be distracted with the things that we have to do in this world, but rather our material realities and our present reality will always be at the perspective of something beyond this life, the future and the guarantee that we have with you, the salvation that we have in Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for 2019. And we pray for your peace, your protection, and your blessing upon everyone in this room and all the families represented here this coming year. We give you all the glory, Father God. We commit everything to you. We commit our relationships. We commit our families. We commit our parents, our children. We commit our life, our careers, our finances. and every area of our lives, we surrender to your Lordship. We thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Happy New Year, everyone. Enjoy your great weekend. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at encanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.